Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Hello, everybody, and thank you for worshiping with us virtually, with all together. Friends, this month, we have listened to some awesome soundtracks from the Bible. But you know, if you're like me, you may like certain soundtracks, right? You listen to certain people's albums or EPs, and you'll say, well, I like song or track one, okay? But track two may be too slow for you. Track three, you may not like who's featured. Track four may be a banger, but track five is like, mm, okay. I think we all can agree that there's sometimes we just don't like all the songs on a given album. However, in this month, every single song that we have looked at from the Psalms has been amazing. We have found out that God, in fact, is a keeper. We've seen God be our saving grace. We have noticed that we can hope in God. And today, we have yet another hit. And that's from Psalm 133. The title of this song is U-N-I-T-Y. That spells unity. Friends, today, we go back thinking about Queen Latifah. Because it was on November 9th, 1993, where the artist and actress and also advocate Queen Latifah released the hit song, UNITY. Within this song, Queen Latifah injects social change into hip hop. Isn't that interesting? She raps openly about how the harassment, the domestic violence, the disrespect, that's happening towards women at that time needed to be stopped and replaced with U-N-I-T-Y. That spells unity. Friends, I want you to understand today right from the beginning that unity is a small word with huge power when applied. You may ask, okay, well, we hear unity, but what exactly does unity mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Unity, my friends, is the state of being united or joined together as a whole. I'll say that again. Unity is the state of being united or joined together as a whole. Friends, to give you more of a deeper understanding of this idea of unity, it was Ryonusuke Sotoro who says that individually we are a drop, but together we are an ocean. Even the great Mother Teresa once said that only humility will lead us into unity, and unity will lead us to peace. Friends, unity is the goal. For if we allow unity to be our standard, peace will saturate our communities and also our world. And so today, we're going to examine U-N-I-T-Y, that spells unity, from Psalm 133. 
in this psalm, we will learn to comprehend that unity is more than a nice song by Queen Latifah. It's more than a goal that we work towards only in a part-time manner. Unity, however, is something that's found on the soundtrack of God, but also should be evident in the soundtrack of our lives. We're going to understand today from Psalm 133 that unity, in fact, is something that God loves. And check this, if God loves it, so should we. It's in Psalm 133, but we find only three verses, Mm y'all. Psalm 133 is literally only 62 words. It's small, it's concise, but yet, although it's concise in nature, when applied, this psalm can have powerful impact even in our world today. This psalm of ascent, it captures the experience of the 12 ancient tribes as they go up to Jerusalem for worship. This journey happened three times a year, and it offered an array of experiences depending on the tribe. Some of these experiences are pleasant, and others are quite scary. Yet God is not absent. God is with every tribe on their respective journey. These three times a year pilgrimages were important to the Israelites. And no matter the different tribes, no matter the different socioeconomic classes, no matter the differences among these believers, they are able to sing in a unified manner about God who expands across every single difference and unifies them all. This psalm, it teaches us that great blessings happen as unity is experienced. The first truth that we can arrive to from Psalm 133 about unity is found in verse 1, and that is that unity is desired by God. Listen to what verse 1 tells us today. The psalmist sings, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Friends, unity to many of us is desired, right? We want unity. But with that, we desire it, but we don't always desire to carry it out all the time. You see, in our human frailty, we often start seasons fully committed. We start circumstances all in, in excellence. But over time... Life happens, and our zeal often deteriorates. Friends, in our human frailty, we can sometimes give up. But what's so awesome about God is that God has no frailty. God is all in all the time with his desire for unity among creation. Friends, unity is the goal. Division is not the goal. Separation is not the goal, and subtraction is not the hope. For us from God. But God, in fact, desires that unity be seen. He wants unity to be experienced and applied in every single area of our lives. Friends, God, He wants creation to be unified in our relationship with God, but also in our relationship with each other. See, in verse 1, it shares with us that it is good. I mean, it is delightful for God's people to dwell together in 
U-N-I-T-Y. But friends, let's examine a bit deeper in verse 1 to see exactly what it says and means about unity. You see, right there when it says that word live, that word live in the New International Version is the word dwell in other translations of the Bible. You see, and that word dwell or lived in this verse actually has the meaning of sitting with or remaining with. So this shows us actually that unity that God is desiring for all of us is not a part-time endeavor. You see, this form of unity is to be constant. It's to be always. It is to take root in us, in our hearts, and to flow outwardly every single day. You see, and as we rise in the morning, we should pick up in unity right where we left off. Friends, I want you to understand today that constant unity is desired by God, which is why even in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, it echoes the sentiment of how we can actually practice unity. Right there in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, you find some very short words, but very powerful words. What does it say? It says this, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Hear that? Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. That's heavy. (laughs) Because to think of creation, all of creation, as brothers and sisters, that means we have to view each other as family members. I want you to think about your families for a moment. In our families, I think we can all attest Absolutely, positively, no one is perfect. But what is usually true in any family is the fact that despite the mistakes that often family members make, the wrongdoings they commit to, we usually don't give up on family members quite often. We remain with our family members, always hoping, always praying for the best and hoping that they will thrive eventually and flourish. We give family members patience instead of impatience. We give them this long hope, hoping that they will get it together. Well, likewise, when we are in unity with God, then guess what, y'all? We will be in unity with all the creation. We will believe that creation is filled not with them over there, but with our brothers and our sisters, our family members. Yes, there will be differences. Yes, there will be misunderstandings. Yes, there will be some fights even. But we don't give up on our family (laughs) because God desires that we live together in unity. That we seek unity, not foolishness. Unity above hatred. Why? Because this is the will of God. But friends, yeah, that's what's going on in the text. But here's the question. If God desires unity, why don't we always? I mean, we love to make excuses for separation. I just don't mess with them. But here is the challenge. Can you make unity real in your life this week? Can you take it from a theoretical idea into a practice that you actually live out? Because we have to ask ourselves, if we believe in God, 
who is also love, but is also peace, but is also unity, then we must ask, what can I do as a believer in God to promote more unity in my sphere of influence? Can we this week seek understanding maybe and peace and unity with someone that we often avoid or try to look around or overlook? Maybe you should try sending an email to that person. Maybe you should try having a phone conversation with that person where you seek understanding instead of assuming about this person on a given issue, life, or circumstance. Because I want you to know that what you sow in unity, you will reap with peace. In Psalm 133, we see today that unity is not some part-time endeavor. In fact, it is desired. It's in the will of God. But yes, secondly, in verse 2, we get to notice this type of thought that I want you to consider about unity. It's this, that pursuing unity, it actually connects us in community. So we heard how good and how pleasant it is for brothers, well, all of creation, to dwell together in unity. But yet in verse 2 it says, it is like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. Friends, I know you listen to verse two, you probably say, oh, my God, they got oil pouring all down people. That's a mess. Right. Especially with your clothes on. I get it. When I first read this as a child, I said, I don't know what they're doing, but I know my mother would be mad. (laughs) Well, friends, here we have to understand the context of this psalm. You see, as people in authority, your leaders, your kings, your priests, they were anointed in ancient times. And as they were anointed, this ceremony entailed oil being poured on them from their head down to their feet. This oil was important. And actually, the oil contained olive oil, myrrh, cinnamon, sweet calamus, and cassia. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to understand that this oil, it would in unison flow from the top of a person's head all the way down to their beard, then down to their outer garments, all the way to their feet. Now, I know this is strange to us because if somebody poured some oil on me with my clothes on, I may have an issue, and I think you would too. However, look at the visual in the text because as the oil flows, it only is able to flow when it is joined together in unison. The flow of the oil is not broken because if it was broken, it stopped. You see, the oil is unified. And as the oil is unified, the flow of this person's leadership was said to flow out through Israel or to flow out to believers or to flow out into the church. But what is awesome about this visual is that it teaches us that as the oil flows, it does so by remaining connected and unified together. The oil, it really preaches to us if we allow it. Because if we in turn want to flow in an impactful way throughout our society, we must remain in community with God, but also in community with each other. Friends, I want to tell you today that isolation does not make us impactful. In community, it's where we find courage. In community, it's where we find unity. In community, it's where we find strength. The oil flows when 
is joined together. And it makes it from the top through a person's beard, down their outer garments, all the way down to their feet. Not because it's powerful alone, but it's powerful when it's unified together. Friends, today allow that oil to convict you a bit. Because when you're in community, that's how you will be able to keep going. It's in community that we are able to cope with life. It's in community where we can travel through rough terrain and still be okay. Pursuing unity actually connects us in community. So, okay, we want unity, right? That's what the text says. But who is your community? Do you have a community where you can gain sound advice and wisdom from? Friends, I want you to know something. If you don't have that, you need that. You'll thrive as you're connected in community. I want you to know something that COVID-19, that season of quarantining taught me, is that our connections, in fact, do matter. See, we are made to produce unity, but we are also made for community. This is why God asked us to follow him. That's what he said. He said, hey, he even told those brothers in the boat, hey, will you leave your fish and follow me? I'll make you fishes of men. If they could do everything by themselves, the Lord, would have, he would have never said, follow me. See, God leads us as we're in community with God. God cares about community, and he wants all of us to have a community that we belong to. If not, There will not be the mention of friendships and marriages and relationships throughout the Bible, good and bad ones. But what is so beautiful about community is that in community, unity is produced. Unity in the fact that we may have some differences. (laughs) We may not vote the same. We may not look the same. We may have different hair textures or no hair at all. We may like different foods. But check this, as believers in Jesus, that's what binds us. See, unity means that we're binded together by something greater than us. Unity is not saying we have to be the same. Unity is produced as we respect and love creation, understanding that all of creation bears the image of God. And when we can honor that despite Every single difference, that's where unity can be produced. And so, here's the challenge, my friend. Can you try pursuing unity, not sameness, this week? Can you try thinking of your enemy as a family member instead? But more importantly, can you start thinking of your enemy, the one that you disagree with, the person that you uh, want to avoid? Can you start thinking of them as a bearer of the image of God? Whew. I promise if you start thinking like that, you may not cuss them out. You may pray for them. You start thinking like that, you may not avoid them. You may think highly of them. Friends, thinking about the image of oil flowing down a person's head, their beard, their outer garments in unity, and think about how powerful an impact our world can be when we begin to function in unity and unconditional love instead of cruelty and consistent hatred. Friends, in Psalm 133, we see these words. It says, how good 
and how pleasant it is when God's creation lives together in unity. Verse 2 told us it's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down even on the collar of his robe. But listen to verse 3. It says, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Friends, we've understood that unity is the desire of God. Pursuing unity, it actually connects us in community. But I want you to know from verse 3 that unity applied actually enhances all of our lives. See, in verse 3, it talks about Mount Hermon. And Hermon happened to be the highest mountain in all of Israel, which is why it was mentioned because it was so tall, it was so great. But Mount Zion is mentioned too, y'all. And Mount Zion is really not as big as Mount Hermon. You see, some suggest that Mount Zion is actually a low place compared to the tall Mount Hermon. It's kind of like Shaquille O'Neal standing next to Muxy Bowles. It's almost like I would say Shaquille O'Neal standing next even to a toddler. But the good news here is that no matter if it's Mount Hermon that's tall or Mount Zion that may be low, God meets us there. The good news is the last part that no matter whether we find ourselves in a high place, an astute place, a great place, an awesome place, or whether we find ourselves in a poor place, a bad place, a horrible circumstance, guess what? God meets us there. See, God is unity, and God is the great unifier. Friends, God even saw that our relationship with sin was detrimental to the unity of God and creation. And so what did he do? He sent Jesus to unify our relationship with God. We have to understand that in unity, that's why God blesses us and his blessings do not have an expiration date. He continues offering these blessings of unity daily. God is love, and his love unites us. It binds us, and this is what we can always center around without question in our differences, in our ethnic differences, in our political differences. We can center around that we were made by God, and we love Jesus because Jesus loves us. Friends, I like to compare unity just like this. It's similar to a pen and a pen top. We often use pens many parts of our day. But the thing about a pen is that when the pen is not being used, it is best to place the pen top over the point of the pen. Because if you don't, what happens is the ink dries up due to being exposed to air. Mm -hmm. Friends, but if the pen top is used, it covers the point of the pen and it does its job. That whenever the pen is is, is needed to be used, guess what? Ink is available, right? And the pen is ready to function properly. 
Well, come here, creation, <laughs> because as the pen and the pen top function in unity, the pen works properly. But as we, the creation of God, desire unity and pursue unity, we are blessed beyond measure and peace will flow out into our world. Unity enhances us individually, but it impacts us corporately. Pursuing unity actually causes creation to thrive. When we have our jobs and we know our role and we play our part, but that when we are concerned about everybody else playing their parts, that's unity. And so I got a big challenge for everybody listening right now. Will you join me in at least one day this week committing to not arguing with someone, but pursuing unity instead? Maybe it looks like you listening more. It could look like maybe you asking questions more. Try praying and asking God what God wants from you when you feel like arguing the most. This week, I want you to pursue unity. And I promise that the result will be that you gain peace. Psalm 133, what's so beautiful about it? is that it has these 12 tribes of Israel going to Jerusalem. And when they get there, they sing this psalm together. All the differences, all the ethnic differences, all the socioeconomic differences, they sing about how great God is. They're in one place. There's no rich church, no poor church, no them over there church. No us versus them, church. It's one place of worship. And they sing how good and how pleasant it is for all of us to gather together in unity. That's my prayer for all of us. That's my prayer for God's church. That's my prayer for all the creation. That we will stop allowing our differences to divide us and start leaning into what actually binds us and that's the love of Jesus and so now friends just as this text echoes to us what unity is I must ask maybe you're watching right now and you may say well I don't really have a relationship with Jesus I want you to know Jesus's whole purpose was for him to come to earth to die for our sins so that we could be unified back to God. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, allow me to tell you right now, you need one. Because it's with Jesus, that relationship of unity, that you can have peace. Peace in your mind, peace in your heart, peace in your life. And so if you don't have a relationship with Christ, but you want one, We can do that right now together by praying together. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Just repeat after me. God, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to unify me with God. And I confess that Christ is the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, 
Come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.